nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Uh, welcome back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing, and today it's just me. So I wanted to uh, do that end of the year, uh, 2018 year reflection um, about the f- uh, just a few of the people who have inspired me. I know each person has their own uh, version of this, but I just wanted to take, I guess, this opportunity to um, thank many of the people who have helped me make this show work. And I'd like to start off by saying uh, this show would not exist without the support of my friends at voiceamerica.com. So my senior executive producer, Tacey Trump, uh, all of the people in host services, including Randy Jackman, production manager, Josh, my my good friend who has saved me a thousand times, and Aaron, who helps me with the... um, uh, pre-records when I've had to do those and many others in uh, engineering also. I know there are a lot of people behind the scenes that I don't necessarily know. And then Jeff Gerstel, who has been in marketing and has helped me tremendously. So this has been a phenomenal year for me. Uh, I've been inspired in so many ways through this uh, Once a Nurse show, uh, my R&R, my RN refresher classes, and by people and connections across the world. Uh, especially this seems to happen on LinkedIn. Um, I just received a message or talked with uh, somebody uh, yesterday from Milan, Italy, who was having difficulty with her mother in a nursing home and wanted to know from a nurse's perspective what she could do to help her. And I was just flabbergasted when I realized she was in Milan. So um, just so many different ways. Um, as I've shared with you before, I started this pr- program without a clue of what this type of broadcasting was about. You could call it a leap of faith, but that doesn't even come close to what I experienced or how I felt about it. However, now I feel much more comfortable in the the um, forum and uh, very excited every Monday morning to be able to uh, come and and uh, touch base with you, all of you. What I knew at that time was that I love nurses in all of their very many forms and functions. This year only served to deepen and broaden that original perspective. I knew I wanted to listen to nurses and provide a platform for nurses to listen to each other and be inspired by each other. I wanted to engage people who know they love to help and are looking for a way to do that while making a significant difference in the world. Uh, And boy, oh boy, is nursing the way to do that. So I'm hoping that many, many more people, uh, especially if you continue to share this program with um, people in your organizations that you work at, people on LinkedIn or other social media accesses that you have, so that more and more people can find out about this and we can keep filling in our ranks of uh, new nurses that are desperately needed in many, many places in the co- in this country and around the world. Knowing that there are nurses out there bordering on burnout and overextending themselves in all areas of their lives, 
uh, I wanted them to feel hope and see how the, uh, how they themselves can have a part in actively changing the factors that control and obstruct their nursing practice. I hear so often from people who are frustrated, but rarely do I hear them say, here's what I plan to do about it. And I think sometimes um, we forget that we are professionals. This is our profession. And what we are the people who best know how to do this profession and how to help the patients and clients that we work with. I also wanted to reach out to nurses who had had to sideline their practice because of family obligations or health obstacles along the way. Uh, to re- I want them to return to nursing no matter how much time has elapsed and how much they feel like, oh my gosh, this is impossible. Uh, You, my audience, inspires me especially. You have ballooned the listenership to 7,200% in the past uh, 16 months from what we started with. And yes, you heard that right, 7,200%. Jeff Gerstel was good enough to figure that out for me, and I certainly appreciate (laughs) knowing that. It's a little overwhelming. So uh, you, my guests, have uh, excited me about nursing in 100 directions and challenged me to overcome financial health and time constraints to be able to keep going. So uh, I think I've talked about this previously uh, on different shows. Uh, I kind of have brought in different uh, points and pieces um, about uh, the RN refresher course that I had been teaching. I started that course in about uh, 2014, uh, mainly because I wasn't able to do any other jobs. And I saw this as being an opportunity for me to still be able to keep my fingers in supporting other people. So since I couldn't do it, I I think that's the the old saying, isn't it? Uh, them uh, Them that can't teach. So those who can't do it, teach. And that's ended up being um, a wonderful opportunity for me. Um, I recently left that job, actually November 10th, so very recently, uh, for teaching uh, these nurses returning to the profession. This was an unbelievably difficult decision for me because I loved serving the 125 nurses who came to me terrified of returning to a profession that had seemed like a dim vision in their rear view mirror and to have them go on to grabbing their life streams. Um, there have been so many and I wish I could share all of them. Um, I think constraints of time here, that isn't going to be possible, but I am going to be hopeful to share quite a few. Um, when I, and, and I guess even before I start that, I wanted to just say that when I started this program, uh, the RN Refresher course, I uh, was basically learning the program within hours or at the most days of teaching it to the students. And so it was uh, a very adrenaline-filled opportunity. Um, That actually, I think, kind of helped me because I was also dealing with health problems at that time and uh, financial problems. So this was uh, an inspiration to me uh, to be able to do work with my brain, I guess, where my body was not um, not doing so well. And, and that worked out pretty well. So um, 
I've had lots and lots of response from the students that I've worked with, and uh, I was very gratified, especially by this last group of students that went through because um, they were wonderful. They were just wonderful students, and um, they each shone in so many different directions, and their encouragement to me and their um, feedback I guess, that that what I was doing and the work I was doing, the efforts that I was making were really um, appreciated by them. And who doesn't want to be appreciated? So um, I thought that I would share here a few people that had inspired me from the class. And the first one that comes to mind is Lois Sonstegard. And she came into my class uh, with a phenomenal career already behind her in obstetrics management administration, and she had several non-nursing businesses. Um, She had uh, a PhD, which um, you would never have known. I guess that was one of my biases when I first started the classes. I thought people with advanced education might not want to learn from me with just a BSN. Uh, And that proved not to be the case, and Lois was uh, certainly an example of that, where she came in with her whole heart wanting to absorb and share and um, learn and uh, just really be a a wonderful part in addition to the class. So... um, She um, uh, has continued to connect with me even after uh, she left, finished the class and uh, renewed her nursing license. Um, At the time, I think she wasn't quite sure what she was going to do with it. But since then, she has done amazing things with uh, adding to her certifications in uh, any number of different ways. Uh, I remember she had done um, the advanced um, uh, um, heart care, uh, I'm spacing on ACLS is what I want to say, the advanced care for life support, and um, just many other things. She's also been involved in coaching and certainly has co- coaching certification, which she worked very, very hard uh, over about a year following her class uh, to put into place, and has uh, gone to small hospitals in Minnesota, one in particular, that uh, she put her expertise uh, to that uh, facility to see how to uh, welcome and encourage people to come to a small hospital in a small rural community and uh, be able to find that they could uh, excel and have uh, an excellent, interesting, and exciting experience there. Um, Most recently, she has uh, launched into a new entrepreneurial coaching adventure that she has called Build Tomorrow. And tomorrow is spelled with a number two and morrow. Uh, you may have seen her advertisements on LinkedIn. Um, she, they, they appear just like her, very professional, very focused. Um, it, it shows her excitement and her um, interest in, again, being able to help others. Uh, the model that she had on her LinkedIn profile is uh, vision, inspiring visionary leaders who want to inspire people and impact lives. And she is certainly very, very um, uh, adept 
at doing that. Uh, she's shared her skills with me in this area of coaching as I struggled with decisions about my leadership future. And she certainly did inspire me. I appreciate it very much. So Lois, if you're listening, thank you very much. And I hope that your business um, thrives. Uh, another um, two people actually that come to mind uh, when I think about some of the students that I had in the class are two men. And one of them is John Nelson, uh, who came to the class with a PhD, an MS, uh, Master's in Science and a, a BSN, and also a president of a healthcare environment incorporated, which he started. And um, he... Uh, also was joined in that same class with uh, D. Michael Graham, who uh, has a doctor of nurse practitioner. He's a PhD, of course, an RN, uh, which he had refreshed that RN. Uh, he's an APRN, uh, certified in nurse practitioning, and also a public health nurse. At the time he came to the class, he was uh, operating as a college professor and looking at so many different pursuits that he um, was involved in. Each of these people impressed me uh, in different ways. Partly, I guess I was surprised that having a man in my class, I think I've had about four or five in the entire four and a half years that I was doing the class. So having two at one time was was pretty unique. And um, their level of education and knowledge and expertise, again, really inspired me. Um, they were able to add so much to the class from many different uh, ways, shapes, and forms. Uh, John, particularly because of his knowledge of uh, and interest, love, maybe I should say, in numbers and research and the data that comes from that and the feeling that nursing will be um, moved into the future um, much more, what's the word, Um, profoundly, I guess, by having research that backs up the work that we do. And he certainly has been involved in a lot of things with that. And Michael was uh, the person who had a very strong psych background. And I found that to be very helpful, not only in the class, Uh, But also, as he talked about, all of the ways that he reaches out to neighbors, to friends, um, relatives, co-workers, fellow professors at um, the university level that he works at. And again, he also really added uh, a lot to the class and, and encouraged each person to strive for their absolute best. So the two of them uh, mystically came to my um, class at um, at about the same time. And I don't, I, I guess I, I wanted to back up. They came at the same time to the same class. And um, I don't know why, but for some reason I offered a preceptorship uh, in that class uh, at the Maine Chemical Detox Center in for Hennepin County in Minnesota, which is uh, basically Minneapolis. Um, and that program is called the American Indian Community Development Corporation. I had only offered this one other time, and that was offered to um, 
to uh, to a woman who wanted to go and work there, had worked there in the past and wanted to return there. And so I made it a preceptorship for her to do her orientation there at uh, the same time that she was uh, doing her preceptorship hours. So I, again, I'm not quite sure why I, I decided to offer it to this class, but I did it before I knew who was going to be in the class. And uh, so both John and Michael decided that they wanted to take that opportunity and uh, in the process of, well, I guess, uh, as I'm saying these things off the cuff here, I am adding things or having new thoughts run into my head. So I apologize that it's a little bit um, uh, scratchy here. (laughs) So... um, so at any rate, the, what in going to that program, they were immersed in a situation of, of seeing what uh, these types of centers now in, in this current era are dealing with. Um, they became intimately aware of the challenges and obstacles that face these healthcare facilities during this era of opiate addiction. Uh, they had uh, uh, someone who had a heart attack during the course of the time they were there. Um, they realized that the nurses were so busy passing out medications that they rarely had time to do any kind of uh, teaching or uh, even listening and talking with the, the people that were there as patients. Uh, there was a, kind of a revolving door of people Uh, especially in Minnesota during the winter months, uh, living in Minnesota outside, and that's often what happens for people who are addicted to opiates, is that um, they need to find a place to be safe and warm and have, you know, three meals a day. So going into um, a detox center is one way that they can stay for a few days, uh, in some cases a little bit longer than that not necessarily wanting to um, break the opiate addiction, just wanting a reprieve from uh, the the traumas and the difficulties that they faced on the street. Um, I'm coming up against a break, and I think um, I'm going to go ahead and take that break now, and we'll come back and I'll talk a little bit more about this whole situation and um, what impressed me about these two gentlemen as they went forward in in the class so this is once a nurse always a nurse exploring the world of nursing I'm Leanne Meyer and I'm just myself today and I'm thinking about the things that have inspired me um, over this past year so I hope you'll stay with me and uh, and if any of you'd like to add information um, your stories I would really appreciate it if you would call in at 866-472-5792 and um, talk to us on the program. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. If you like what you're hearing on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, consider supporting the show. In the one year since the show started, we've increased our listening audience by nearly 7,900% and our goal to reach 50 countries and counting. Whether you are looking to reach a regional, national, or worldwide audience, you'll have a competitive advantage by advertising on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. It's the perfect platform. Contact senior executive producer Tacey Trump today at 480-294-6421. That's 480-294-6421. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back. This is Leanne Meyer. And um, as you know, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. And today is just me. And I am looking at all kinds of things that have inspired me this year. This has been just an incredible year for me. And so I wanted to share some of them, just kind of reflect. Some of them had to do with the RN Refresher class that I just left. And uh, just wanted to touch base on that because it it inspired me in so many different ways. I had 125 nurses that went through 
over four years, I believe it was 13 classes. And each of them, each class was separate and distinct and inspiring, and each person was separate and distinct and inspiring. So I was in the process of talking to you about uh, John Nelson, um, who is president, is has been president and continues to be president of Healthcare Environment Incorporated, which is um, involved in research in nursing, and D. Michael Graham who has, at the time he came to my class, was working as a college professor and had his his fingers in lots and lots of different um, areas of nursing. Both of them uh, wanted to renew their RN. So you can have all the degrees and all of the the things that go with it, but um, many of us have been in the situation for whatever reason we've ended up um, accidentally lapsing our nursing license. And so the only way to uh, renew that is to go back and um, go through a class like the one that I was teaching. And uh, so that was what they did, and it, they just happened to arrive on the in the same class, uh, in the same session, and that was unusual enough in itself. And then I had uh, provided um, a preceptorship that was at the American Indian um, C- Community Development Corporation, and basically what they were is they are the main providers of detox services for chemical dependency. And so the two of them ended up going there for their preceptorship, and it was kind of a wild ride. Um, They found, uh, you know, it's one thing to read about what's going on with opiate addiction in the country, and it's a whole other thing to be right there involved. Um, As I said before the break, they had someone who had a a coronary, had a heart attack in the midst of... um, picking up his medications, I think, from nurses. And the two of them were the most, uh, I guess, ready and and able to initiate resuscitation with this person. Um, They also found that nurses were much more involved in just handing out medications all day long to long lines of uh, patients who would come several times a day for their medications of various different kinds and sorts and just trying to keep all of these people straight, especially when many of them would only stay for like a 72-hour hold. So um, I was explaining also that one of the, the things that happens in Minnesota and many other northern states or cold states is that um, people who have become addicted to opiates are often finding themselves homeless They may have lost families, they may have lost uh, careers, jobs, certainly houses and uh, all kinds of things that puts them on the street. So in in the wintertime, they have to be very creative in figuring out how they can uh, get out of the cold for periods of time. And so one of those ways for many people is to uh, come into the detox center. So it may not be with the idea of actually wanting to shake their opiate addiction, but more from the standpoint of just wanting a break from from the weather and their hardships. So um, that's kind of what they were looking at. In addition, uh, they realized that the... um, uh, the, it's called AICDC is, is kind of the um, short term for it. 
And they were in the process of building uh, an addition to their facility and with the hope to be able to address opiate addiction more thoroughly. So uh, John and Michael were able to be uh, very helpful, I think, in giving their input and ideas and what might be helpful in making that happen. So what they discovered really was that uh, the combination of their educations and their experiences made them extraordinarily qualified to try to address this crisis. So they were um, inspired enough themselves that after completing the class, they proceeded to do research, connected with other people who are dealing with this process across the country. Uh, ultimately, they ended up writing a grant to the U.S. government uh, and now are awaiting acceptance of that grant, uh, hopefully by March. And I certainly send them good wishes and great hopes for their continued success in this area. Uh, I really do have great confidence in both of them that they will be able to con- contribute. Um, so again, there's been many other, many, many people who have been in the class, too many to even mention as individuals, came into the class with no idea of what they wanted to do. And through the process of doing it, talking to other students, um, just kind of giving themselves some time to reflect on what they have done and what they want to do in the future. Many of them have ended up going into areas that they never thought that they would be interested in doing. Uh, I remember one gentleman that had never worked in the area of mental health, had had some mental health issues, but had never worked in that area. And he decided that was what he wanted to do was to uh, get a job in that field. And very shortly after graduating, he indeed did get a job and was hired by uh, a large organization um, in the Twin Cities that uh, was willing to train him. And I recently talked with him. He was just thrilled and really felt like this was the right work for him. Uh, Many others have gone into things like um, uh, either public health nursing. School nursing has been a a big factor for a lot of people, especially people that had uh, children and wanted to be able to be in their children's school district and still be able to perform as a nurse. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think of some of the others that were unusual um, fields to go into, but of course right now my mind is blanking, so maybe I'll come back to that as I think of some as we go forward. one nurse that was a fairly recent nurse was uh, came into my class in 2018 in the spring. Her name was Julia Rush, or is Julia Rush Gordon. Uh, she is a BSN and an RN, and she was she had contacted me actually. Uh, I think the session prior, so it would have been the winter session, saying that she was 76 years old and she was at that time 75 years old and wondering if this was really um, a valid uh, option for her to come back into nursing. And so she came and uh, sat in on the end of one of my, uh, the winter class. And fortunately in that class, I had several people that were approaching 70 or Um, maybe even slightly into their early 70s. So she had an opportunity to talk with them, got inspired and decided to come to the class. She um, was a wonderful addition to that nursing class. Um, She's a Georgia peach and still speaks with her Georgia accent. Um, Just was 
so funny and so uh, lively. She had so many experiences that she could share with all of the students that ranged from in their 20s to um, uh, to her. And um, she just really uh, was a great addition. So her area, she had been, she had retired and, and that was following an exciting career in all areas of surgical nursing. She had done pre, peri and post-operative as well as working at times with anesthesia. Um, she had worked in the emergency department. Um, she had done public health both as a military um Uh, nurse and as a civilian. She had been a flight nurse and worked in hospice. And by the time she um, retired, she had attained the level of colonel in the United States Air Force retired. So, um, so already a full and wonderful career. But she realized that she wasn't done learning yet, and or contributing. So she decided that she would come back to the class. I think she found that it gave her lots of realization of how much she really did still have to offer the world. So uh, she ended up in the 10-week class being the first student to um, be offered a job, and it was in an area of home care, and she could see herself in a um, one-on-one connection with people who um, were... often closer to her age than maybe to some of the other nurses. So she had a connection with them that many other people might not have, like an almost automatic um, uh, shared experience of life. So uh, she actually thought about that quite a bit and then ended up deciding to turn that um, offer down. And In the meantime, she had a friend that was working uh, in North Dakota on an anthropology dig, and she decided she would go and just kind of hang out and see what that was all about. And in the course of doing that, I remember when she came back, she was so excited and just so interested in what was doing. So here she is again, 76 years old, starting an entire new area, uh, but one she'd often thought about that she thought would be interesting for her. So she um, actually ended up deciding that she would like to become a forensic nurse and not only thought about it, but went out and approached a large hospital organization in her area. And as of January, she will be starting as a forensic nurse um, at that hospital. So never say never, especially when you have uh, that kind of... of, um, attitude of liveliness and youth, uh, forever youth. And so, uh, Julia, if you're listening today, I really, really thank you for making that decision to come to the class and continuing to inspire me even as you're gone. I know that you and your cohort group will be getting together um, many times in the future, and I certainly hope that you invite me so I can keep up on what everybody's doing. Um, So that that gives you... um, a little bit of an idea of the people who were in my uh, class, just uh, just like I said, a few of them that are popping out into my head um, as I'm uh, doing this program here today. So, um, however, the this program, the Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse uh, program has probably been the most influential in inspiring me uh, about nurses, what they can do, what the, who they are, what they can do, how much they can do with very little 
in the way of, of um, uh, money, of uh, any number of, of things uh, that you would think of as being a, a platform, something that people would want as a foundation before going into something a little different than normal nursing normal hospital nursing or clinic nursing, some of those other areas. So several of the ones that come to mind immediately, and and I know there's been even more that um, uh, I'm not thinking of this minute, but one is some of of these are the people that have been on the show most recently. And um, I'm getting a message that it's time to go for a break, and I think this might be a good place to take that break. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. And I'm just talking today about some of the things that have inspired me this year and some of the people and things that they've done in nursing and other areas. So we will be back in a couple of minutes. And thank you so much for tuning in. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. If you like what you're hearing on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, consider supporting the show. In the one year since the show started, we've increased our listening audience by nearly 7,900%, and our goal to reach 50 countries and counting. Whether you are looking to reach a regional, national, or worldwide audience, you'll have a competitive advantage by advertising on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. It's the perfect platform. Contact Senior Executive Producer Tacey Trump today at 480-294-6421. That's 480-294-6421. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, 
please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Uh, welcome back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. And this is Leanne Meyer. Um, uh, I'm winging it today with uh, just myself and, and doing some reflections on things that have inspired me this year. Um, many of those have been um, through nurses. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the nurses that have been on the show, uh, some of them very recently. Uh, that really inspired me and got me excited again, thinking about uh, not only what they're doing, but what could I do with this show to be able to um, uh, format them, to be able to have them get out into the the world for people to know the amazing things that they are doing and working on. So uh, Miriam Chickering is the first, one of the first people that I wanted to talk about who has a BSN and is CEO of Nurses International, which she started about uh, five years ago or so. So after a whole career of doing wonderful and interesting things, she uh, brought together, basically she specializes in creative collaborative solutions for the healthcare sector through a nonprofit organization that creates affordable, technologically savvy nursing curriculum for developing countries and empowers the nurses to change their world in those countries. And that is exactly what she's doing. And she's doing it through um, a lot of volunteers, nurses who are uh, either retired or uh, for whatever way, shape or form have, have wanted to create curriculum for her and the software that goes with it so that she can reach out or actually uh, countries reach out to her saying they would like some help with getting more nurses uh, trained in their countries. And so that's what she's been doing. Um, We talked to one of her nurses that is working in Guatemala and another person that is um, developing many aspects of her program. And I I apologize, both of them, I am spacing on your name. So I sincerely apologize for not being able to come up with it. If it comes back to mind, I think Catherine was, uh, one of them was Catherine Capone, and I will have to keep working on the other one. Um, so at any rate, very exciting, uh, with very little money, being able to uh, work with those countries. And the thing that inspired me and impressed me the most was she talked about listening first and learning from those countries before trying to say, this is what we can do for you. And so I found that to be very inspiring, and I'm hoping that at some point along the line that as this program continues to grow and people uh, hopefully will want to uh, contribute to some of these various different people that I have on the show and uh, further the work that they're doing. I think the thing that struck me the most, uh, Miriam had talked about how some millionaires and billionaires that uh, donate huge amounts of monies to large organizations. Um, But she was saying that with just about a half a million dollars that she could uh, work with a, a whole country to create 
phenomenal numbers of nurses that could be working in their own country with their own people. And that just really impressed me. That seems like such a small amount of money to be able to do so much good. Another person that I wanted to talk about is uh, Len Robertson. And Len is a, a practicing CRNA, so um, working in in uh, anesthesia. He is a speaker, author, cancer survivor, and a life coach. So he was on the show July 30th uh, initially, and he was talking about burnout. And then he came back with his wife and talked a little bit about more specific stories about burnout in November. So uh, his passion is providing wellness and life coaching for exhausted and weary nurses and other healthcare workers. He started a company called Illum. A Nation Incorporated. Uh, it's a hard one, I think, to hear. I hope that you can get that. Um, his uh, employee engagement and leadership consultancy uh, online classes solve problems in the workplace uh, around burnout and uh, disengagement for those who are feeling a lack of passion and joy in their work. And he has a proven strategy to regain their love of career and enrich their life again, to get excited again about their work. Certainly is something that is very, very needed right now in uh, our country. As we realize, uh, I'm trying to think if it was him or um, the next person I'm going to talk about that talked about one in five nurses are leaving nursing um, because of anxiety and distress from burnout and bullying. So uh, he has a book that is coming out. He hasn't completed yet, so I would say sometime early in the spring uh, should be around, and it's going to be called Love It or Leave It, 60 Days to Reignite a Love of Your Career. And it provides uh, strategies to an amazing career and extraordinary life. So I hope that you will check that out. That's Len Robertson. And then um, more recently, actually November 26th, I had Paul T. Clements, who um, is uh, works in the Department of Graduate Nursing Advanced Role for um, uh, Masters of Science in Nursing Department at Drexel University. Uh, He appeared on my show, as I said, November 26th, regarding nurse bullying. And I think, uh, you know, I have, uh, any nurse who has been in nursing for any period of time is aware of this issue. Uh, Maybe not the general public so much, but anybody who has been in nursing. It's phenomenal to me that uh, nurses who are all about wanting to help other people, having tremendous amounts of compassion and care and concern for other people, Uh, would have such a hard time maintaining uh, a functional work uh, organization or or, uh, department. And yet one in three new nurses are leaving nursing because of bullying. And, oh, and it was Paul that said one in five nurses uh, are leaving nursing because of bullying. It's certainly something that sounds like an epidemic that we need to address soon. And fortunately, there are a lot of people who are thinking about this. So Paul 
is a PhD, has a curriculum vitae that is way too long to completely repeat here. Uh, But the areas that most fascinated me include he's a psychiatric forensic specialist and a clinical professor and coordinator for the Forensic Trends in Healthcare Certificate Program. So he's teaching that, and I believe that's an online program. So anybody interested could check into Drexel and, and see if that's something you would be able to take. So he's certified in danger assessment. Now, who knew that was even a, a certification? He has over 25 years as an experienced therapist, uh, forensic consultant, and critical incident response specialist. And again, sharing his expertise on that in many different ways. He has provided counseling to over 1,500 families of murder victims, including uh, while he was assistant director and bereavement therapist at Grief Assistance Program, which is uh, their initials are GAP, G-A-P. Uh, at the Office of Medical Examiner in Philadelphia. So he was able to do a lot of good there. He has provided assessment and intervention to high numbers of family members in the aftermath of suicide, sexual homicide, strangulation, industrial and occupational deaths, motor vehicle accidents, hit and run deaths, sudden infant death syndrome, and other forms of violent death. So uh, certainly everybody could see that would be a profession uh, just about everybody would want to run to get into. Uh, but it amazes me because that is exactly the kind of stuff that most of us want to run away from. But that whole aspect of uh, dealing with conflict, dealing with uh, fear, doing, dealing with um, uh, rage, you know, that maybe or, or hopelessness that people are feeling so frequently in our, in our country, um, there are people who get tremendous um, inspiration and and appreciation and, and gratitude. They really enjoy doing this, seeing somebody change from wherever they were at to be able to change that level of fear and anger into something that is hopeful and uh, respectful to their own lives and to other people's lives. So that really uh, interest, interested me in, a lot. Um, he is going to be returning to the show in January, And I am really eager to have that happen. I made the mistake of putting him on the day after the, or the Monday after the Thanksgiving break. And I think that was probably um, not the best way to really have the most number of people to be able to see him. So he does also have uh, three recent textbooks and they are called Violence Against Women. Contemporary, it's a contemporary examination of intimate partner violence. Uh, there's one on mental health issues and child maltreatment, and also a nursing approach to the evaluation of child maltreatment, and that's in its second edition. Um, so he has been very, very inspirational to me, and I hope to be able to have more connections uh, with him over the, over the years to come. Um, another one that I wanted to share with you uh, is actually two people, Andrea Palmer, Palmer and her uh, husband, Nick Palmer. Uh, were uh, on on my show on July 2nd, and they were talking about uh, addiction in the form of bulimia. So Andrea is a registered psychiatric nurse, and Mick is a principal for a local school and has done phenomenal other things uh, along the way to help uh, young people. And so together they wrote a memoir called Alone in a Crowd, um, and it's about their journey through the grip of 
bulimia and uh, they rode out of it. So Angela, or excuse me, Andrea had uh, experienced bulimia from quite a young age and uh, was working with patients in the hospital who had bulimia problems without telling anybody or acknowledging the fact that she also was dealing with bulimia. So with the help of her husband, um, she kept a diary about her experience, and that's what became the book Alone in a Crowd. And again, so just a phenomenal response to this show. And I also had a repeat of it and had many, many new listeners um, who clearly had an interest in this insidious disease as practitioners or perhaps personal uh, experience also. So yet another way of being able to um, encourage people uh, through the through the guests that I've been able to have on. Uh, one other I want to just take a couple minutes is uh, Lena uh, Nimwaya. So she was a Bachelor of Science in Nursing, and she had a mini MBA and um, also an RN, of course. And while she was on the show, April 23rd, she's working on her PhD. She's the founder uh, and the president of Amer- African Nurses Network, uh, called TAN, if you're looking for it online. And it's a nonprofit organization whose mission, mission is to empower nurses to decrease health disparities and promote cultural awareness. So with all nurses, but specifically uh, as kind of a group support for nurses coming from Africa and from all over the world to the United States to try and see how to work their way through um, the, the vagaries of, uh, of becoming, um, coming to the country as a, as a um, foreigner, being able to uh, find work, be able to study, uh, and especially get into nursing. So uh, when Lena came here, she thought she was going to be an elect- uh, uh, electrical engineer, I believe it was, that she was interested in. Anyway, engineering. And over the course of the time here, she discovered nursing, fell in love with it, worked her way through all the way up to now working on a PhD and working with this program. So very, very inspirational. Uh, I have just a few minutes left to the program. And so today I wanted to just follow up again on, I was talking about the Sokagakai International that did a um, uh, uh uh, what do I want? A festival in September, September 23rd, called um, 50,000 Lions of Justice. And it was bringing together, the, the goal was to bring together 50,000 uh, uh, youth from all over the country to festivals, nine separate festivals being held simultaneously. And that was done. Michelle Obama gave a uh, few words of encouragement. Uh, Herbie Hancock was there, but the rest of it was pretty much put on and uh, facilitated by youth. Um, and in a, their goal was 50,000, but they actually ended up having quite a few more than 50,000 uh, that came to it. So each of those 50,000 youth are now out in your community somewhere uh, looking to be able to create hope and respect in an era when neither of those are very readily available. So I hope that uh, if you know of anybody who is looking for hope and looking for encouragement, please uh, ask them to check out the Sokogakai International online, sgiusa.org. 
um, and and hopefully be able to just you know see what it is that this pro this group across the the world is doing in 192 different countries in the world. Um, I am very proud to be a part of that organization, very proud of the youth that worked on it, and I just want to congratulate them and all of the people that contributed to it over at least two years of making it work. So thank you so much to listening to my year of inspiration. I hope that you will take some time to reflect on your own, and I will... um, be back live again in January with a live program the next two uh, before Christmas and before New Year's uh, will be, um, I just realized I'm going to have another one next next week that will be live and then after that I'll have two repeats. So thank you very much for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. And, um, and this is Leanne Meyer. I'm signing off. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.